0: Well good morning Mosaic family. Uh, My name is Jeff. Um, It's so good to be talking to you today. What a joy it was last week uh, to be able to see so many of you on our Easter video. Uh, How I miss you guys and how I look forward once it's safe to getting back Um, with you. As some of you may know, uh, my day job is serving as the Religious Services Coordinator at the Lincoln Correctional Center. Before we really get into it today, can I just ask you a favor? Uh, Please take a few moments at some point today uh, to lift before the Lord the 4,500 men, women, and even youth Uh, who are incarcerated in correctional facilities across the state of Nebraska, including many who are seeking to follow the Lord while in prison. Just like us, they cannot meet together to worship today, but unlike us, uh, they don't have the same access to online resources to facilitate connecting with Jesus. Um, To say nothing of the fact that Uh, They're facing additional restrictions right now on visitors and it's a lonely time and even more socially isolating time and an already very isolated existence for them. So please pray that the Holy Spirit would minister to their hearts today um, and that they would feel a very real sense of his presence with them during these hard and anxious days. Thank you for that. And now we just want to invite you uh, to take a moment with me, maybe set your feet flat on the floor, Uh, close your eyes, take some deep breaths, Uh, hold your arms uh, in front of you, Um, and maybe just imagine that all the anxiety that you're feeling in this moment is kind of gathered there in your hands anxiety over COVID and anxiety that you're feeling over your loved ones, maybe anxiety over having your kids at home all day, anxiety over the lost opportunities during this time. then just slowly open up your hands and release that anxiety as we take a few moments just focused on your breathing. I think it's especially important uh, during these moments, during this season, that we be real with each other, Mosaic, as the church about the anxieties uh, that fill our lives, particularly during this season. And it's my big hope today, uh, picking up where Kurt left off last week that I can continue to give voice to the words that Jesus proclaimed when he was raised from the dead. Peace to you. And that we can see the ways that that proclamation of peace meets us and our anxieties in this moment. There's a letter in the Bible called The Letter to the Hebrews. It was written during a season of intense Anxiety, And the writer of that letter makes a claim that's pretty incredible uh, about the meaning of the death and resurrection of Jesus. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too, meaning Jesus too, shared in their humanity so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death. That is the devil and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death." I think that's a pretty astonishing claim, and I don't know about you, uh, but I don't typically think about the resurrection of Jesus in exactly those terms. That not only does Jesus break the power of death, but he frees me from slavery to the fear of death. What exactly does that mean? So it was the end of January of this year that I started to feel something within myself that began to concern me. I'm not really big on going to the doctor. Like a lot of people, I avoid it whenever possible. My good friend Jimmy, uh, who's one of uh, the great comedians uh, here in town, he does a bit about not going to the doctor. Uh, he went uh, to hy V to get a flu shot um, at the clinic there, um, and they asked him, okay, who's your primary care physician? And he said, I, I don't have one. And they got very confused, and they asked him, So what do you do when you get sick? And he responded, I wait. I wait until I'm not sick anymore. That's what I do when I I get sick. And that's usually how I approach things too. But this was a little bit different. I found that I was dreading getting out of bed every morning. I was becoming very short with my kids more often than not. Um, I was falling into patterns where at night I would just, you know, try to numb myself. Um, when I came home from work, I didn't really engage much in life. I just binged Netflix and played games on my phone all through the evening. Uh, my whole body was getting tense all the time, and I was starting to feel some stomach problems. I've always been kind of a worrier, but this was at a different level both emotionally and physically in how it was affecting me. So finally, I went in to talk to my doctor, who quickly concluded that I had developed an anxiety disorder, provided me with a mild prescription, which has helped quite a lot. Uh, But the whole situation has driven me to do a lot of reflecting about where inside of me this is all coming from, what's been eating me, what's at the heart. Of my anxiety. And there was a prominent thinker in the mid 20th century by the name of Ernest Becker. He was a cultural anthropologist. Uh, basically, he studied and wrote about the behavior of human cultures. And he wrote a Pulitzer Prize winning book all about the different ways that our human shared anxiety over the fact that we know that we're all going to die someday affects us. Our death anxiety that's innate to us as human beings. He talks about that anxiety as occurring in two different categories. And Kurt used these phrases a little bit last week, if you remember. There's what we call basic anxiety, which is anxiety in the face of threats to our survival. Now for the most part in the Western world, we've been able to ignore and push aside this basic anxiety most of the time, although lately uh, with this moment we're facing with COVID-19, we see it entering into our minds a little bit more as we see ourselves uh, doing things like hoarding all the hand sanitizer at the grocery store. And I think Kurt's going to talk a little bit about facing that basic anxiety and the resurgence of that basic anxiety in the light of the resurrection next week. But then there's this other category of anxiety, what Becker referred to as neurotic anxiety. And don't get tripped up on that phrase and that word neurotic. Basically neurotic anxiety and what it refers to um, it's, it isn't about being afraid of threats to our survival. Uh, neurotic anxiety is about the ways that we try and ultimately fail to create some kind of immortality for ourselves by na- making a name for ourselves or by leaving some kind of extraordinary impact or creating a legacy of some kind. And not, of course, that it's bad or unhealthy to want to be a force for good in the world while we can. I hope we all have that desire. But rather, it's this obsessive anxiety with the question of whether my life matters. That, I've come to see, is really at the heart of my own anxiety, anyway. And I suspect for a lot of us, that question of is my life mattering? Am I being all that I'm supposed to be? I would imagine that lies at the heart of a lot of our anxiety. That knowledge that we're going to die someday and facing the question of whether my life matters. Now Becker took this all a step further and he saw how societies deal with this neurotic anxiety. He wrote about how societies develop what he calls hero systems, which are ways that we can evaluate our lives and determine whether our life matters. And these hero systems can really be anything. It can be looking at our career and our career telling us that if we reach such and such a point, well then we're a success. Or it can be in creative endeavors where we're told that if we reach some measure of success, we sell X number of paintings, we get asked to perform for a large enough venue, or our writing reaches X many people, or our Facebook posts get 500 likes, or we have 15,000 Instagram followers then our lives matter and we have an impact that will outlast us. And I know for myself and I suspect that for many of us the hero system that we grew up with was actually a church that said if your life has this kind of impact or that kind of impact or if you give your life to serving in this way then in God's eyes you'll have lived a life that truly matters. And One of the sad truths about these hero systems is that really they kind of boil down to mechanisms that institutions around us use to keep us striving uh, as a part of their machine. And that's, they're a form of slavery, they're a form of death, they're the slavery to the fear of death that the writer of the letter to the Hebrews talked about. But the good news that Jesus proclaimed and continues to proclaim over us is that we're invited to be part of a kingdom where our identity as valuable and beloved isn't something to be earned or bought or achieved. We simply receive it As a gift. And here's the thing. We've all had a certain amount of stillness imposed upon us during this season of COVID-19. The hero systems that generally we try to live in, these mechanisms of slavery in which we try to hurry up and matter, in a lot of cases, they've been put on hold around us. And I believe that we have in front of us during this moment of unchosen stillness, an invitation to learn afresh how to accept our identity as one who is beloved and valuable as a gift from God. And As we relearn to accept that identity as a gift, we find the freedom to truly love Others and to truly give ourselves in acts of genuine love. Not with some underlying strategic desire to build our own kingdom or to build our own legacy so that someday somebody remembers us as great, but to give of ourselves freely in small acts of love because we are no longer slaves to the fear of death. So Mosaic, in the stillness where we find ourselves, this pause on our lives, may each of us learn anew to accept as a gift from God, our identity as ones who are valuable and beloved. Peace to you.
1: Hi beautiful Mosaic community. My name is Amy Pinnegar and um, I wanted just to take a minute and talk to you about something I've been trying to do in the midst of all of this chaos. Um, I am a fourth grade teacher, so now I am teaching remotely from home. Um, I am a mother of two. This is Hazel. She's three and a half. Um, I have Milo, who's a four month old. Um, and a couple of months ago a good friend of mine who's also a teacher was talking about how she was trying to be more present with her family and less consumed by screens and so um she was a real encouragement to me to take um, my social media off of my phone and so I kind of got into this good practice of not being consumed by what was happening out in the world but being more intentional with those around me my family and my friends um I am someone who likes to busy my time. I like to schedule things back to back to back, so I don't sit in silence. Um, Rest is is a rhythm that's really hard for me. Um, And so I was really starting to love this idea of just really being intentional with those people around me. And then all of this started happening where I wasn't able to meet face to face with so many people that I love. obviously I still have my family, so it's been nice to be more present with them, um, and not consumed by social media. But I was starting to think, you know, what can I do as a way to connect with people when I'm not trying to be on social media all the time, when I'm not able to go out and get coffee or, um, go and see, meet up with friends and family in other places. And so, um, I started to pray and i just felt like god was saying i should write letters as a way to be intentional with the people i care about um and so that's what i did i've started writing five or six letters a day um i try to write close friends um i try to write my family um family that lives here and family that lives far away um people i haven't seen in years acquaintances um so i'm just trying to Um, really lean into what I feel like God is saying just as a way to um, hopefully bring a smile to people's face not only do I hope that it makes them feel encouraged and connected to but it does it feels so good to sit down and think specifically about people and just write them um, from my heart and write what I feel like God has put on my heart and so it's been a really nice way um, for me to connect with people and be intentional Um, and I I can't wait to see um, where God takes this. So that's me trying to step into what I feel God has called me to in the time that we have of solitude and um, distance. So hopefully that encourages you in some way. Hazel, say bye. Bye. We love you, Mosaic family.
2: Hey, Mosaic. When Kurt initially asked me to talk about mental health today, I thought, sure, no problem. Um, I am a mental health counseling intern, which means I'm in my third year of my master's program in clinical mental health counseling. So I'm currently in my internship, which means I work with clients uh, most every day on a variety of subjects. So a lot of what I've been doing now is helping people process through the pandemic and the wide spectrum of emotions that everyone seems to be feeling. Um, But when I talked to Kurt a little more, he actually wanted me to talk about how Jesus is ministering to my own mental health. And that's a little harder to talk about. Um, I tell my clients all the time about how important vulnerability is, but practicing it myself is a different story. Um, You know, I always say it's hard, but then when you actually have to do it yourself, it's a challenge. So if I'm being completely honest about my mental health, it's been all over the place. Some days I wake up and I'm totally ready to have a really productive day and get a lot accomplished and feel pretty normal. And then other days I can't shake like this pit of despair that just seems to overcome every aspect of my life. And I cry most of the day. It's really it's really been a roller coaster for me. And it's it's hard because I feel like I can't get used to whatever feeling because it's so up and down. And I think The biggest thing that's been helping me is realizing that God is with me in all of that. There's no right way to feel during a pandemic, and there's no way that you should feel. And I think once I stopped beating myself up for having bad days or feeling great because I'm having a good day and realizing that God's having those days right with me, um, it's been really comforting to know like the spirit of the living God is in me and he's walking right beside me. I often think of like an image of God alongside me and him like even just putting his hand on my shoulder and saying, I am here with you. And that it's okay to have those good days and it's okay to have those bad days. Um, Cause God's with it in you. He knows exactly what you're feeling. And I think that's been the most comforting is because we always feel, At least, I always feel like I'm crazy whenever I am having these emotions that aren't in my norm. So, that's been one way that's been very comforting to me, is just really trying to feel God's presence with me in this and knowing that He is experiencing everything right alongside me. I think the second way that Jesus has been ministering me is just truly accepting that good and bad can live together. So. This pandemic isn't all awful, and this pandemic isn't all good. I'm sure everybody has seen all of the different arguments of all the things we should be doing or all the fruits that are gonna come out of this. Um, And naturally, we don't have to look far to see the disasters that the pandemic is reaping. Um, But I think that these two things don't have to be mutually exclusive. That again, God is with us in this mess of beauty and destruction of creation and of stillness and it's been encouraging i think to me to realize that we don't have to put things in boxes that's always my natural tendency is to want to classify everything if this is a good thing or this is a bad thing and um, just really realizing that goodness and badness happen all the time together in our world and that's fine that's the way that god designed it I think that I've been trying to practice gratitude more, and some days it feels fake because I feel so icky. I don't want to be grateful for things, but God continually is showing me that there is good amongst the bad, just like there's always going to be bad amongst the good. Um, So Mosaic, I encourage you to lean into whatever you're feeling and to just try to feel God with you in it because he's feeling whatever you're feeling too. And he is, with all the good and with all the bad. And it just, I think that's been what's most encouraging to me is really trying to feel God's presence in all of this. Um, And if you can't feel his presence, just trusting that he's there too, because that's a big one. You don't always feel it, but trust. I heard once that faith is remembering a time, not always presently believing. So remember a time when you did feel God close to you. And sometimes that can help. So mosaic, I love and miss you all. I'm giving you a big hug from afar.